Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is true news, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. American troops could be sent to Palestine to fight for Israel. The Intercept News Organization obtained a U.S. Air Force memo dated in the month of January 2024 that describes military orders to be on standby to forward deploy U.S. troops in case of a ground war in Palestine and Israel that would require American intervention on behalf of Israel. Unbelievable. We've got the story. Here is the intercept uh, headline. U.S. military personnel in Iraq put on standby to support ground involvement in Israel's war on Gaza. Uh, the uh, intercept uh, contacted the Pentagon. They reported that the Defense Department did not respond to a request for comment on the personnel memo about preparing for ground involvement. But in the past, the White House has stressed that its support for Israel in the Gaza war would not include boots on the ground. John Kirby said, now this is back in October right. when the war started. There are no plans or intentions to put U.S. boots on the ground in combat in Israel. But as we have also said, we have significant national security interests in the region. What does that say? What that says to me, and every time I hear the phrase boots on the ground, that we don't have any plans to put boots on the ground. I'm telling you, they have plans to put boots on the ground at that point. You, you better believe it because he... he We've he, seen it over and over again, he said, haven't we? But... But but we have significant national national security interests in the region. Well, the only national security interest they have in a region is propping up the Zionist state. Right. And or, so, ste or stealing oil from Syria. Right. So I would say, yes, there is a possibility that we could have American troops in Gaza. I believe, Doc, there are American troops in Gaza. They have been in Gaza for months. Yes. I, from time, I, I, I believe that too, Rick. From time to time, uh, you know, re following social media posts, particularly Twitter, I've seen uh, posts by Palestinian men who said that that they were captured uh, and questioned in Gaza, and that the that the soldiers who captured them were Americans and they had American flags. Right. That's no way to verify it, no way to substantiate it. We're talking about, you know, guys in the middle of a war posting on the Internet, hey, I was I was picked up in Gaza City. I was held for so many days. I was questioned. The people who did it were Americans. No way to substantiate that. But it does make you suspect 
that we've had special forces on the ground in Gaza for many months. I believe we have. What I see out of this, Doc, is the preparation for a much bigger war. That the U.S. is about to attack Iran. All hell's going to break loose. Hezbollah, everybody starts firing. And we'll have troops on the ground in not only Gaza, we'll have troops on the ground in in Syria, Lebanon, Lebanon, the entire region. That's what I'm suspecting out of this. Now, John Kirby, National Security uh, Council's uh, press secretary and um, U.S. Navy admiral, has outlined President Biden's response to the drone attack on American soldiers in Jordan. Uh, everybody's saying that Iran did it. Again, there's no there's no smoking gun. Maybe they did it. Who knows? Well, I have to admit that I've seen a couple of press conferences where mm-hmm. they've where reporters have been questioning the State Department mm-hmm. and John Kirby. What evidence is there that this is an Iranian drone? And simply the the response is just trust us. That, that really is. That's, uh, that's that's the only evidence they supply. Because well, Israel we know that Iran, so. yeah, uh, we know that Iran supports all these groups. Therefore, Iran sent the drone. But I have to hand it to a couple of these outlets. They have been questioning uh, the State Department, John Kirby, and, and the White House. How do you know this is an Iranian drone? Because we're going to go into a really big war. That's right. All right. This is what uh, Admiral Kirby said about the upcoming U.S. attack on Iran. The president said when he left the White House that he had reached a decision on on the strikes. Uh, what is the guiding principle as, as he makes this decision? And is it fair to say that these strikes will be more forceful than the ones that were done previously? Well, with the caveat that I'm certainly not going to telegraph punches here, get into specifics of uh, potential future military operations. Uh, to your question, guiding principle is making sure uh, that we continue to degrade the kinds of capabilities that these groups have at their disposal to use against our troops and our facilities, and to send, send a strong signal uh, uh, to their backers in the IRGC that these attacks are unacceptable, and we're going to do, the president will do what he has to do to protect our troops and, and our facilities and to look after our national security, uh, our national security interests in the region. Uh, And I would tell you that, um, as I said yesterday, uh, they have now taken the lives of three American troops. Uh, And so I think it's fair for you to expect that uh, we will we will respond in an appropriate fashion. And it um, and it is uh, it's very possible that uh, what you'll see is um, is a, uh, a a tiered approach here, uh, not not just a single action, but potentially multiple actions. He repeats what we heard yesterday. Yes, from from Secretary uh, Blinken. Right. Multiple state multiples attacks. Tier a tiered attack. Tiered attacks sustained over time multiple locations right newsweek reporting and this actually is based on a reuters article 
Uh, Iran issues threat to Joe Biden over response to U.S. troop deaths. That's right, Rick. So uh, Tehran has vowed to respond to any threat from the United States as anticipation grows over what Washington's next move will be after the killing of three American servicemen by so-called Iranian-linked militants. We hear threats coming from American officials. We tell them that they have already tested us, and we now know one another, said Iranian Revolutionary Guards Chief Hossein Salami on Wednesday. According to a semi-official Tasman News Agency, cited by Reuters, no threat will be left unanswered. Now, as Washington tries to avoid risking a wider regional war, John Kirby, the White House national security spokesman, told reporters that there may be multiple actions from the U.S. rather than a single one. Uh, Doc, there's this comment that the Revolutionary Guard chief made. We hear threats coming from American officials. Now, here it is. We tell them that they have already tested us and we now know one another. What do you think he meant by that, Rick? They have carried out strikes on each other. The U.S. has bombed something or killed somebody, and Iran Iran has done the same thing. We've tested each other. We know each other. In other words, we've already shown you what we will do. So think that through before you take the next step. You've tested us, and you've gotten to know us. So what has Iran done? What has happened that we could that we didn't think about? That was, that was an Iranian attack. Infrastructure attacks in the U.S. Mm. The the pipeline explosion in Oklahoma, the chicken farm, farm. fire in in Bryan, Texas. I, I know. I'm trying to think through. There, there's not been any major assassinations. Well, they've said they've responded, but they've never taken credit for the drone attack that killed three service members, which meant, you know, why why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they take credit for it if they managed to pull right. that off? So that was the other question I had, too. But did but, they take credit for it privately? Right. Did they say the drone attack was for you attacking wherever? You know, there's been these, this tit-for-tat tit going on for months. Um, I don't know. I, I just see a cryptic message in there. We tell them, the Iranians saying, we tell the United States they've already tested us and we now know one another. That's saying, Interesting. you guys know what we're going to do. Uh, okay, so, Doc, this, I had this thought this morning. Does this go on behind the scenes between nations when you have these kind of attacks? When... Okay, so the United States has told the world, we're going to attack Iranian assets. Everybody's now waiting on it. We we are going to do it because we've announced it. We're going to, the U.S. is going to attack Iranian assets. It's been, it's been advertised. We can't back down. Do you have back-channel communications where... The U.S. officials are saying to the Iranian officials, now you know we're going to hit you, but here's what we'll offer you. Give us three targets you're willing to I give knew up. You were going to go this were way. you thinking of that? I was thinking this Give us three thing. targets you're willing to give up. 
you won't respond. You know, if you respond, we'll give you three targets. Is that the way this game is played? I bet it is. So the Pentagon, the CIA, working with the Iranians, all right, we've, we've got to hit at least three targets. We've, we've got to do this in stages because we've announced it's going to be in stages, multiple attacks. What are the three things you're willing to let us blow up? You know, Bill Clinton back during the, you know, the Yugoslavia war, he, he used to blow up empty buildings. Right. I remember that. And they, they would say it was to reduce civilian casualties. Mm-hmm. But uh, how? <laughs> but it just but made who, headlines. Yeah. U.S. attacks Yugoslavia. <laughs> then you find out later it was just an empty building. Did they make a deal? All right, we got to blow something up today. I don't know. Um, hmm. But you you see this uh, report. You see two reports here. The U.S. has the Pentagon has notified American troops be on standby to go into Israel. To go into Gaza. Yes. Number two, Iran has warned Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden's not going to attend the ceremony of the three dead American soldiers coming home. Well, not to correct you or anything, but on that John Kirby mm-hmm. uh, press gaggle, uh, John Kirby said he will be attending that. that. Yes, but yesterday he wasn't yes, yes yesterday he wasn't but uh on so the they've changed their mind oh yes because uh, uh the way kirby put it is uh the president spoke to the three families mm-hmm. and the three families encouraged him to be there and so he will oh, be they there. encouraged him to be there yeah he had the president had to be encouraged to be there right so they made a change the reason the reason i was bringing it up was were they keeping joe biden away for security reasons. Well, that could be one reason, but... No, I mean, if Iran wanted to do something... Oh, yes. I mean, that'd be... Where a, would it happen? It would be at an open-air forum mm-hmm. where, where U.S. servicemen are being returned back to the And the US. President of the United States is there. Right. Okay, so let's move on here. Um, Wall Street Journal... Israel and Hamas weigh three-stage ceasefire. It, it appears, Doc, that uh, they're very close to a ceasefire agreement between Hamas and Israel. And um, according to the Wall Street Journal, Israel and Hamas are considering a three-stage deal that would release hostages in Gaza, beginning with a six-week ceasefire. Uh, during the first phase... Israel would cease all military operations in Gaza, including drone surveillance, for six weeks, while Hamas gathers hostages for release. Hamas would set civilian hostages free, including elderly, the sick, and children. And um, the hope among negotiators is that this phase to negotiate for an extension of the truce. If that succeeds, a second phase would kick in, and Hamas would free female Israeli soldiers. More humanitarian aid would be allowed to go into the Gaza Strip. Um, The agreement would also guarantee the operation of hospitals, water services, and bakeries. Because they've been bombing bakeries. They've been bombing. Israel's been bombing. Folks, what are they going after? The food. 
This is what we were talking about yesterday. Governments shut down food. Yes. When they want to conquer a people, they take away their food. In the third phase of the potential ceasefire, families uh, familiar with proposals said Hamas would release male soldiers and the bodies of dead Israeli hostages. So I hope this happens. I hope Hamas releases all the Israeli hostages. I hope Israel releases all the children, all the teenage boys that they hold in prisons. Yes. For many, many years, teenage boys, you know, arrested for throwing rocks at serving time in Israeli prison. I hope they release them all. But I hope they, the fighting stops. For the name of God, please stop the fighting. Stop killing the children. My only interest in this are the children. I care about the children. And I've, this war has grieved me beyond anything I've experienced in my lifetime. I've never seen videos and photographs so horrifying, so gut-wrenching as what I have seen since October. And you haven't been seeing them lately. No, they've cut it off. They've cut it off. So You can't see it anymore. They made sure the world... Once, once the International Court of Justice began their hearings, they cut off all videos. And that was to make sure there was never any more evidence to accuse Israel of war crimes. Right. Um, something that they did yesterday, uh, I don't know if it, ha- it didn't happen yesterday, I think it happened the day before. Israeli forces dressed as Arabs and women and women entered a hospital. Not It wasn't in Gaza, was it? No. It was in the West Bank. In the city of Jenin. In Jenin. Yes. Not in Gaza. They went into a hospital in the West Bank dressed as Palestinians and shot and killed people, including patients who were in their hospital beds. Yes. Now, this is surveillance video from the hospital. These are the Israeli agents who got inside the hospital, then removed their guns and began searching for the people they were going to assassinate. Now, they were dressed up as doctors. Some were dressed up as women. Some just dressed up as people on the street. But uh, this was uh, an organized Israeli raid on a hospital in the West Bank. To shoot doctors and nurses and patients that they suspected of supporting Hamas. Right. Is that a war crime, to shoot somebody in a hospital bed? It's got to be. If not, it ought to be. (laughs) But Israel can get away with it. Why? Because nobody in the world has the courage or the power to stop the Jews from killing people. It's just that simple. There's, there's no other explanation. They have a license to kill anybody that they want to kill. Now, this next video is U.S. State Department spokesperson Matt Miller trying to answer a reporter's question about how the U.S. is going to respond to Israel shooting patients in a hospital bed. Let's watch. Okay. And then my second thing, which is a related but not, not on wrong. Uh, which has to do with this operation that the Israelis uh, uh, launched in, in Janine, a hospital mm-hmm. today. Um, what, 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 do you have any comment on that? Is this, is this something that you think is, a, is problematic, or is it something that you look at with uh, envy, like this is some kind of great mission, impossible mission that we wish that we could also do? 
So I'd say that we strongly urge caution whenever operations have the potential to impact civilians and civilian installations. That, of course, includes hospitals. Uh, we do recognize the very real security challenges Israel faces uh, and its legitimate right to defend its people and its territory from terrorism. Israel, of course, has the right to carry out operations to bring terrorists to justice, but those operations need to be conducted in full compliance with international humanitarian law. Well, those operations include going into hospitals and murdering people in their in, in their beds, regardless of whether they're so you know they are suspected or so even known terrorists. So Is that okay with you guys? So there was a lot in the premise of that question. Obviously they we did did do know that they went into Well, you we, don't think well, that they we, went we, in and uh, killed we, complete people who were completely innocent. So let me say that if this, you did think that then you would be condemning it, uh, right? We certainly would, but I would say that Israel has said that these were Hamas operatives. Uh, they have said that one of them was carrying a gun at the time of the operation. So I'm not able to speak to the facts of the operation. You'd have to, to, to pass some kind of legal judgment, know all of the facts of the operation. But as a general matter, they do have the right to carry out operations to bring terrorists to justice, but they need to be conducted. Including full. in hospitals. It, 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 so we want them to conduct their operations in compliance with international humanitarian law. We would generally say that we don't want them to carry out operations in hospitals, but under international humanitarian law, hospitals do lose some of their protections if they are being used to uh, for the planning of terrorist operations, for the execution the, of the terrorist operations. The actual hospital building does, but I mean, going in disguised as you know women and, and doctors so, and, and, and whatever is is something different, and then going in and and picking out people in particular rooms and particular beds and killing them seems to be something different. So again. Uh, not able to offer an assessment without knowing all these facts. I said some of the facts that have been presented by Israel are that one of them was carrying a gun and that they were planning to carry out or to launch terrorist operations. So you would have to look at all of those facts to make a specific assessment about this operation. But in general, we do want to see hospitals protected. It is important that no civilians were harmed in this operation. Uh, but and as I said, we want we do well, believe. Like, how, 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 how do you know? How do you know that uh, there have been no reports of civilians who have been harmed in this operation? I tell you what, that you know they just go right along with it, don't they? Uh, well, it's just it's it, it, yeah, I mean it's so crazy. It's funny. Um, now let's I'll play along with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's say that they were Hamas terrorists. Okay, would the better response be? Uh, you know, go in, you you know, go in armed and arrest them. You would think you would arrest them. Right. But not the Israeli way. No, this is the Israeli way is you go in a hospital and you start shooting people. Right. Look, Mr. Miller, the U.S. State Department spokesperson, is a member of the tribe. They're positioned everywhere to make sure that the only thing you and I hear is the tribal propaganda. Right. So this, uh, the issue that broke out a couple of days ago, uh, Israel accuses 190 U.N. staff members of being hardened militants. Uh, Once again, providing no evidence of this. No evidence that the public has seen. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Um, but I, what I do know is that, the, that Israel bombed a United Nations uh, center in Gaza, yes. that Israel killed 
people at that center. I know that Israel has killed over 140 U.N. humanitarian workers who were passing out food and water. Who's the bigger criminal? I mean, they openly kill people and get away with it. They've killed reporters. U.N. workers. The United Nations. Have you ever heard, ever, Doc, in your lifetime, of 140 United Nations employees being killed by another country and not a word said about it? Right. And I'm not even a fan of the United Nations. That's what I mean. But still. So, of course, now uh, Israel wants to disband uh, the organization UNRWA, which is uh, a relief humanitarian agency. That is distributing food and water and blankets. The, uh, the it, facility they bombed. The one that they bombed. The Gaza. one that they bombed. So they want them to disband it. And uh, I'm, I'm going to skip down now to number 10. Politico uh, reporting yesterday that Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of the United Nations, Israel says he's got to go. He has to resign. Because he's not... He's not walking the line. He's, right. he's, he's, he's not carrying out the narrative. He, he accused Israel of, of killing U.N. workers, killing children, and he expressed his outrage. And so now Israel says this guy's got to be fired as secretary general of the United Nations. Let's see if they win. Let's see what, what is the career lifespan of Mr. Guterres right now. Because Israel has said he's got to go. What do you think, Doc? A week? Uh, a month? Let's give it a month. A month? Yes. All right, so let's mark today, January 31st. We'll come back later and we'll see. Yeah, by the end of February, let's it, say Yeah, that. Mr. Guterres has resigned, died, taken a 50-year sabbatical, something. COVID, whatever. Something. We'll see what happens because Israel says he's got to go. Now, it's not only the United Nations Secretary General that they want to get rid of. They're going after Roger Waters, the co-founder of Pink Floyd. So BMG Records has canceled his contract. Yes. We're talking to (laughs) an icon of the 60s. The co-founder of Pink Floyd. Someone who's Get out make, of here. Go. Someone who's making money. Making money for, for this. BMG. Yes. Has made money for a long, long time. Yes. But that doesn't matter. He criticized Israel. He said that there was genocide in Gaza. Therefore, he has lost his music recording contract with BMG. You criticize Zionism, you go. You're done. You're finished. That's the line. Now, I'll show you another one. Cori Bush, she's a Democrat, Congresswoman. She is as far left as I am far right. There's no middle ground in here. Right. Cori Bush, and that's her right to be far left. That's her right. I don't agree with her, with her on just about anything. I mean, she wants to defund the police. You didn't go down the list. Right. Very strong leftists. Here's a report back in October. Cori Bush calls for ending U.S. support of Israel military aid after 
the attacks. Where is she now? What's happening to Cori Bush right now? Let's go to the next story. Representative Cori Bush under investigation. Yes. She crossed the line. The Zionists loved using her as a leftist when she served their purpose. But when she criticized Zionism, they're done with her. Yes. They'll put another stooge in her congressional seat. They'll get rid of her. They'll, they'll, they'll be a primary opponent this year. She'll be defeated. They're going to put her in prison. What they're, what they're pushing for is to force her to resign. Unless she goes to the Holocaust Museum. And does the, the apology tour. Right. But this is what happens to you when you criticize Zionism. Right. You're taken down unless you have Christ holding you up. And that is the only way you can survive. So let's, uh, let's switch to uh, the other war, uh, the other theater of World War II. That's Ukraine. Politico reporting new U.S.-made longer-range bomb expected to arrive as soon as Wednesday in Ukraine. Yeah, now, this is an interesting story uh, because w- wait till you hear about this new long-range weapon. The Pentagon has successfully tested a new long-range precision bomb for Ukraine that is expected to arrive on the battlefield as soon as today, according to two U.S. officials and other people with knowledge of the talks. Now, Ukraine will receive its first batch of ground-launch small-diameter bombs, a brand-new long-range weapon made by Boeing that even, listen to this, even the U.S. doesn't have in its inventory. Even the U.S. doesn't have it in its inventory. Ukraine is getting it before the Pentagon. That's right. It's going directly from the factory to, to Ukraine. Because the Pentagon can't wait to test it. That's really what this is about. Right. They're testing a new U.S. weapon in Ukraine. That's right. So this new bomb, which can travel about 90 miles, is expected to be a significant capability for Ukraine. It gives them a deeper strike capability that they haven't had. It complements their long-range fire arsenal, the U.S. official said. It's just an extra arrow in the quiver that's going to allow them to do more. Now, this uh, weapon co-developed by Boeing and Saab is made up of a precision-guided 250-pound bomb strapped to a rocket motor and fired from various ground launchers. The U.S. military has a similar version of the bomb that is air-launched, but a ground-launch version does not yet exist in U.S. inventory. The only purpose for this weapon is to bomb Russian territory. That, that's really the only reason. The only the only purpose for this particular weapon it, it is to bomb Russian troops in eastern Ukraine. Well, I believe it's also. To, I mean, the Ukrainians are use it for strikes in Russia. It, well, if they, I don't think they can get close enough to the border to do it, Doc, because they might. Okay, but it is primarily meant to hit the Russian troops that are in eastern Ukraine. So Ukrainians are test lab for yes, for this. Just like with pharmaceuticals. They tested they tested vaccines and drugs on Ukrainian children. And it's it's a it's a place where you outsource corruption. Yes. It's a place where you put your DNC Democratic National Committee server. Email servers. 
You can do all kinds of stuff in Ukraine. It, it's wonderful, Doc. It's just wonderful. You'll go to war for it. It's so wonderful, you'll risk blowing up the whole world just for Ukraine. London Times. You know, after I read this story, folks, I read this uh, about an hour ago. I said, man, they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop, Doc. And it gives you a date in here. They're not going to stop. I thought this war would end by early 24. That's what I predicted last summer. I said they're going to they're going to do the big counteroffensive. They're going to try to get to the to the peace talks. You know, wrap this thing up by 2024 because it's an election year. No, they're not. They're going into 2025. So Times of London reporting support Ukraine whatever the cost says Macron. You know what that tells me? The Rothschilds want this war to keep going. Yes. He used to work for the Rothschild Bank. Used to. Former employee of the Rothschilds, right? Former. Former. Um, That tells me the Rothschilds want the Ukraine war to continue. This is what Mr. Macron said today. Macron has called on Europe to take responsibility for its own defense, arguing it cannot outsource its security to big powers such as the United States. During a visit to Sweden, the French president urged his allies to increase support for Ukraine, whatever the cost, and regardless of what America does. So Macron is thinking the U.S. could possibly back out. Because it it is an election year. It is an election year, and we're running out of borrowed money. Macron's speech came as Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor, And four other European leaders called on their partners to redouble their efforts and urgently send Ukraine more weapons, including artillery, drones, tanks, and air defense systems. Doc, they're not going to stop. These people, they they are insane. Nothing has worked for them. And so their solution is, let's double down. It's more war. Yes. Let's really get a war going. We'll just drain our all of our armories, everything that we have for the defense of our own nations. We'll send it to Ukraine, anything that they want. We have to crush Russia. They've got to keep this war going to 2025. I thought they would end it in 24. I no longer think this. They're now telling us it's going into 2025. You know why, folks? The big war with Russia is scheduled with 20 for 2025. The NATO war with Russia. That's why they're stretching this thing out. They can't let it wind down, Doc. They got to get past the uh, the uh, election in November. Yes, it goes on. It says in a letter to the Financial Times, Germany's Schultz and the prime ministers of Denmark, Estonia, Netherlands, and the Czech Republic said that Ukraine was facing crucial problems, including an acute shortage of ammunition. Once again, folks, there's, there is already an ammo shortage in the world. There's a gunpowder shortage. I think by the end of this year, governments will be confiscating ammo. It is going to be that yes. serious of a crisis They need more ammo. And if you have large quantities of ammo and they know where it's at, they're coming for it. You and I are not going to be able to buy ammo 
before the end of this year. I am convinced of that. Simply because there's not going to be any available for the public. Right. Because they're going to double down in Europe on this. And they're going to, it's going to be like World War II and rationing. Folks, for the war effort, you've got to stop buying ammo. You can't go hunting anymore. You can't go target shooting. You can't, you can't even, go to the gun range. can't blow up a firecracker. Nothing. Doc, without giving out DJ, tell our audience what happened to you over the weekend as you went to buy some ammo and pay cash for it. Oh, uh, so uh, uh, this weekend I went to uh, a gun store I frequent uh, uh, south of here, and uh, I went in, and it's a place where I bought ammunition and things like that in the past. But this time, uh, I always generally pay cash for ammunition. I went into this particular gun store, and as I was trying to pay for some ammo, they made me sign, or they were attempting to make me sign a release saying that I paid cash for this amount of ammo and who I was and my identification, everything like that. You had to so, sign a document uh, stating that you well, paid I cash. Sign, I didn't sign it. But, but that's what they were demanding. The gun yeah. store was demanding that you sign a document stating that you paid cash for ammo. Right. You had to give your identification, your address. Yes, and, you know, normally I don't use a card or anything like that when I'm at a gun store because I don't want anyone to trace me down. Now, uh, now they're going to do it, you know, even if you pay cash or forbid you from paying cash. You can uh, be certain the ATF is putting pressure on gun stores. And I asked the clerk, is this, you know, some sort of federal regulation? No, it's just a new policy that we're in, instituting. No, they've gotten word that this yes. is coming down. And so they're getting ahead They're of just it. getting ready. I want to get back to this uh, London Times article with Mr. Macron because there's a, there's a hint in here. He says, commitments for military support risk falling short of Ukraine's needs. What is urgent today is to provide the ammo and weapon systems, howitzers, tanks, UAVs, air defense that Ukraine urgently urgently needs on the ground now this is macron now no this is schultz germany schultz he says it has to be done now here's the line because new orders we place today will only reach the battlefield by next year all right so there you go they just gave you the timeline didn't they it's 2025 we're going to war with russia 2025 we got to start making ammo now because that war is a year. They're placing the orders now for the all-out war with Russia in 2025. Macron said, we must be ready to act and defend, support Ukraine, whatever it takes, including nuclear war. And whatever America decides, too, he says. That's what he said. So (laughs) you're expecting America to Europe is going on with this war. Regardless of what we do here in America, Reuters, number 15, (laughs) look at this one. How Washington is preparing for a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. Folks, wars and rumors of wars, it's the only thing out there. All other news stories are secondary. Wars and rumors of wars. We're in World War III. CNN, FBI director, to warn that Chinese hackers are preparing to wreak havoc on U.S. critical infrastructure. So they're 
they're setting up the opportunity for this now, aren't they? Look at the – all right, let's go back to the Reuters. Let's back up the – okay, how Washington is preparing for a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. Now, let's go to the FBI. FBI director warns that Chinese hackers are preparing to wreak havoc on U.S. critical infrastructure. That is how Washington is preparing. They're preparing for America, for the lights to go out in America. And to blame China for it. Well, most likely China's going to do it. Right. When China launches the the attack, they're going to say, hey, guess what? You guys don't have time to come over here and fight because we just turned your lights off. What are you going to do about that? We shut down your banks, the ATMs, your, your, your fuel pumps don't work. We shut down everything. Doc, the hackers from other countries have been inside our infrastructure for decades, just sitting there, just quietly sitting there. If you could find that old book I wrote back in 1998, I predicted it then. Judgment Day 2000. Yes, I predicted it then. They would just, the hackers will just sit inside the infrastructure until the day that the war begins. Here it is. It's coming. And FBI Director Ray is telling us, he's telling Congress today in this testimony. Let me tell you what he says here, Rick. I got to watch my time. Um, supposedly, this is what he will tell the House Select Committee on, on the Chinese Communist Party. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities if or when China decides the time has come to strike. Folks, this is World War III. You're being told today that the FBI is alerting the U.S. Congress today that when China decides to attack the U.S., they're going to attack our Utilities, our factories, our infrastructure, the banking system, the computers, electricity, communications, phones, Hmm? pipelines, pipelines. He said this is what he was expected to say today. Chinese hackers will target our water treatment plants, our electrical grids, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems. When these things happen, there's no more food that's going to be moving to your community. That's it. The transportation system, the electrical grid, oil and gas, all food production and distribution comes to a halt. That's why I keep telling you, take advantage of the this time that we have we know that we're in world war three it's foolish to pretend that it's not happening yes there are days i just i just want to make it go away doc i I understand i just myself i know too much about it i i wish it would go away i don't want to think about it i wish i could escape to another world because i don't want to deal with world war three but i know it's on and it's happening and we're here And whatever God's plan for my life, I'm okay with it. But I don't want to see it, Doc. I don't want to see it. I don't want to live through it. 
God gave me a vision in 98, which is what pro- propelled me to this work. I don't want to see that vision fulfilled. I don't want to be there. I don't want to see it. It bothered me so much. It's bothered me for 26 years. I don't want to see it. It's coming. Now, this next video, I hope I don't offend you. It's actually a, a couple of years old. Actually, what, almost four, three, about three years old. Yes. You want to know how crazy things are going to get when all this falls apart? You think, you think the political, the people on the left are the problem? You think that the inner city poor are the problem? They're going to come out to your farm and, and, and break into your food supply? You think that because you live in a rural MAGA-supporting community, you have no problems? Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit told me many years ago that there will be a danger from the right. He told me, Rick, it's not just the left that's going to threaten your life. The right will do it also. When this thing comes apart, the insanity that will be Unleashed in this country is unimaginable. This is a video from Alex Jones on Infowars. Don't tell me that he was making it up. Don't tell me it was a joke. He was dead serious. He said, when there's no food, he will eat you. That his children won't go hungry. That he'll eat his neighbors. That's the insanity that's in this country right now. And don't tell me he's a Christian. There's no such thing as Christian cannibals. There's insanity in this country. And I'm trying to tell people you, you can't even comprehend how crazy and bizarre and evil things will get when this war goes full blast. This is Alex Jones from... October 2020. Here's why I felt so sick. I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, am I ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up? You know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your I will. I'm combat model, optimum self-sufficiency, probably the leader. The point is, is have you thought about that yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. You think I like sizing up my neighbor, how I'm going to haul him up by a chain and chop his up? I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. I will eat your and that's why I want the globalists to know I will eat your first I will eat you so all you spirit cookers act all tough all day how you're doing your little satanic rituals drinking blood and stuff I'll drink your blood you understand that I will I will hang your up and cut you into cutlets like a filet mignon and grill your before I watch my daughters starve to death see now you took society and civilization as if it was some joke you could piss on all day. Didn't you understand? You unleash the animal 
once you do, you unleash the beast, and you're not the beast. I don't claim I'm the most tough guy around, but compared to you, I, compared to you, I'm Godzilla on steroids. That's insane. Doc, that's insane. I can't believe any rational, sane person watches him, follows him, defends him. That's insanity. That's demonic. You will eat a human being. You'll drink their blood. What makes you any different than the spirit cookers? There is no difference. You, all of you are, uh, I mean, all of them are satanic. But I'm showing this video to you to help you understand it's not just the inner city people. It's not just the poor. It's not just the radicals on the left that you think are going to come and try to take your food. It's people like Alex Jones who will take more than your food. They will take you. He openly said it. I'll eat you. I'll cut you. I'll put you up on a tree and gut you like a deer. I'll chop you up with fillets and cutlets. Grill you. And, gr and I'll drink your blood. That's demonic. That's the talk of a demoniac. No sane person talks like that. Friends, I'm telling you, do what you can do to get ready. And don't tell everybody about how you got ready. Okay? It's time for wisdom. I wouldn't even tell, I wouldn't tell relatives. I wouldn't tell your closest friends right now. Keep it quiet. This, we're going into an extremely dark time. Extremely dark the most evil spirits that have ever been on the planet are going to be operating, Doc. What is the, the demonic forces that are being unleashed right now? Mankind has never seen anything like it. And America is going to be the, the center of the roosting of these demons. Every foul bird. Wow. Every foul every bird. bird coming to Babylon. Be prepared. American Reserves, okay? Go to AmericanReserves.com. Look at their inventory. Um, just start making purchases. Just begin. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Make purchases. As the Lord provides, make purchases. Look, I've given you, in the past, I've given you the formula of how to obtain money from the Lord. Asking for miracle money. Make a pledge to the Lord. Father, if you give me miracle money for food, I will give a portion of this miracle money to this ministry, True News, that's being used by you to alert us about what's coming. And I'll take the rest of the money and I will buy the food. I promise you God will give you miracle money. It will happen. Do what you have to do. There is no excuse for procrastination. There's no excuse to just throw your hands up and say, I can't do it. It's too big. God will take care yes. of you. He yes. will provide. He will provide. But you have to ask him and you have to have faith. And some of you are going to be buying food that you're going to be feeding other people. You don't want to be like Alex Jones eating your neighbor. You want to be feeding your neighbor. Just think about the difference. Yes. Alex Jones would eat his neighbor a godly person would feed his neighbor. Which one are you here? 
Are you going to continue to listen to somebody like that? I mean, really, folks, it's time. Honest to God, if there are any of you people out there still watching Alex Jones, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. I'm telling you that as a pastor. There's something wrong with you. That's a man that just endorsed cannibalism and blood drinking for survival. Why would you ever listen to him again? That should have been the day that everybody should have just signed off. I said, okay, that's too much for me. But, Doc, that was four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got people still defending him. Because, you see, there's a spirit of insanity that's loose in the land. All right. Hey, what else here? French farmers. Let's talk about French farmers. Telegraph. French farmers evade police to block world's biggest food market. Dozens of tractors have evaded French police and are headed north to blockade the world's biggest food market. What are they blocking? The food market. Yes. See, it's coming down to a battle about food. I'm seeing clues in here, Doc. Netanyahu cut off the food to the Palestinians. Yes. In different places, we're seeing the battles over food. Hmm. What should I have? Food. Food. Food has become a weapon now. So, Did we get any uh, videos? Oh, I, we've got some. And this, so, let's watch. Okay. So this first one, this is a priest blessing. Oh, all right. So you get some holy uh, water know, some on the, the tractors. Uh, tractors as they're uh, uh, moving toward protest in France. And so, so you've even got the priest involved in this. Uh, we've got another one here. What the farmers are doing is they're welding, <laughs> they're, they're building gates around government buildings and welding the gates. They're, they're welding in the government buildings? Yes. <laughs> they're putting up their own security fences? Yes. yes. And so uh, another one, uh, as we see things escalate here, you're seeing uh, while uh, Macron is doing his uh, world tour all over Europe, uh, the, he's uh, sending the police to confront the farmers and everything. You're beginning to see an escalation of a police presence here over the past 24 to 48 hours. See, he wants war. In Europe, but he's got war in his own country. Yes. So what and, is this? Well, this now even the kids are getting involved. The kids are having their own uh, tractor protest in uh, uh, in France right now. So uh, start them early, Rick. That's All right. What we say it's spreading. So, it's growing. Yeah, these are the children of farmers, and they wanted to be in on the protest too. And so they're on the streets with their own tractors as well. So. And uh, this is more scenes of the protest. One of the big things that uh, the French farmers have been doing is they've been recycling tires, Rick. And uh, instead of, uh, you know, sending them to the tire plant, what they're doing is they're putting them in the middle of roadways and setting them on fire. Al Gore must be just in a closet crying right now. I mean, can you imagine what, what he's thinking, what it's doing to the environment? To, um, I want to show you a couple of things happening here in the United States. Uh, this one. Uh, this is Amarillo, ABC uh, television affiliate. Flames shoot over 500 feet into the air after gas pipeline explodes in Oklahoma. Panhandle. Oh, right. Some We've pretty dramatic footage. Got some videos shot by a trucker. Look at that. Now, what did the FBI director say the Chinese are going to do? Hack pipelines. Yes. So, um, what was, did, this a, was this a hack? What did the Iranians say? Hey, We've tested each other. We know each other. 
Folks, we have to start thinking like these are World War III attacks taking place. There's a huge fire in Bryan, Texas at a chicken farm. On the Brazos. Are we going to start seeing more of these factories and chicken farms on fire here again? Food, Doc, the destruction of food. It's the destruction of food. And this fire is so big at this uh, chicken farm, they they expect it to burn for days. How big of a chicken farm fire is that, Rick? I mean, where it would burn for days. I don't know, Doc. I don't know. What what causes it to burn that long? Is it that many buildings? Is it that much manure? Is that much that many feathers? I mean, what causes it to burn for days? Texas Tribune. Texas standoff with the feds uh, in Eagle Pass is igniting calls for secession and fears of violence. Now we're back to civil war. We got wars, rumors of wars, and talk of civil war. Right. Um, Doc, uh, I mean, it's. What words can you put on the situation that we're in? A realistic, objective analysis of the state of America right now in late January 2024, a country that is teetering on world war with Russia, internal war with the American people. War with Iran. War war with with China. War with China. And an invasion of millions of military age fighting men coming across the Mexican border with the help of the president of the United States, who is bought off by the Chinese communists. And I've yet to hear one congressman or senator Connect Joe Biden's treason with China with the invasion of the border. I've not heard one person connect it. Why? Because then you've got to deal with the reality that China owns the White House. Right. One last one. We've got less a uh, minute here. Uh, U.S. House panel advances impeachment against uh, uh, Mariorcas, Alexandro Mariorcas, the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security. Um, so they did this. The House voted, uh, not the House committee last night, passed the articles of impeachment and moved it for a vote in the full House next week, Doc, to impeach the Secretary of, of Homeland Security. They're not going to impeach him? No, of course not. Of course not. It's all, it's an election year. Yes. And the invasion will continue. Hey, there's our music. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to go into Morning Mana, and uh, and then Doc and I will be back later in the uh, program. Don't go away. You're listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find true news on frequency 12.160 from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Getter. Are you concerned about this economic storm and how your IRA and 401k will fare during these turbulent times? Top experts are predicting now is the time to be protecting your assets with physical gold and silver. 
Find out why Genesis Gold Group is the number one recommended company by your favorite preppers and homestead channels. Receive Genesis Gold Group's free definitive gold guide today or give them a call at 800-200-GOLD. Well, welcome back to hour number two of True News for the last day of January. Can you believe it? 2024. This year is going to go fast. Um, we spent our first hour talking about World War. It, it, it is so staggering that it's, it's, it, 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 it's hard to comprehend this is taking place in front of our eyes. Everything that we just talked about, Doc. Right. And Possible you think how, how could it be more dramatic than it is? And yet it just no ratchets up every single day. It does. Possible U.S. troops going to Israel, the fight in Palestine. Um, Iran privately warning Joe Biden. What else do we talk about? Um, China. China. OK. Uh, I mean. The U.S. preparing for the Chinese invasion of Taiwan. And preparing for a Chinese hack of, the, of America. Yes. Plus Macron saying we have to stay in the war with Russia until 2025. Now, Rick, it wasn't that long ago that any one of these stories, just any one of these stories would have been the lead story that we'd be talking about probably for the whole hour. So much is happening. We can't fit it all. We can't, and we skim over it. We're going by, through it so quickly because there's so much more to talk about. Uh, the, you know, the farmer protest that has gone from Germany to to Holland, the Netherlands, to Poland, and now France. People revolting against the globalists. I mean, the farmer protest is really it's a revolt against Agenda 2030. It's a revolt against the green communism. Yes. Uh, where they're shutting down the farmers' uh, access to fuel and, you know, to gasoline and diesel and literally shutting down the farms. Yes. Really what's going on, like in, in Holland, the government is shutting down the farms. I, I, this, Doc, it's so crazy. You're like, no, there's n- you can't convince me. You can't convince me that somewhere there's a government that says our policy is to eliminate farming. Yes. But that's that's how insane these people are. That's how committed they are to green communism. You know, we do this over and over. If I would have told you five years ago, (laughs) there's going to be a government that says our plan is to is to eliminate farming. And not just nobody would believe it. No, but it's actually happening. What is really going on? Demoniacs who serve Satan are destroying God's creation so that they can reimagine Genesis and bring about a man-made world dedicated to Satan because he has been released from the abyss. He's roaming the world, deceiving the nations. Mm. The foul demons have been released from the abyss with him. That's why you have people like Alex Jones saying, I'll eat you. The foul demons have been released from the abyss. Yes. You don't want to be near anybody. You don't want to be associated with people who talk like that. Or it will get on you. Right. 
I heard one commentator uh, yesterday say, this is a war against humanity. I disagree. It's not a war against humanity. It's a war against creation itself. Yes, against the creator. Yes. Against the creator. And that's why the three angels that we read about in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the first angel encircles the earth saying, fear God and worship the creator. Worship the creator because there there will be an all-out attack on creation itself. Could we have imagined this five years ago? That creation would be under attack. But that verse just explodes. Now it does. Creation itself is under attack by synthetic biology, robotics, artificial intelligence. Because you have to ask yourself, why would the angel say worship the creator unless the creator had been attacked, unless there was a war against the creator itself? Yes. And so that's why teaching and preaching Genesis creation is more important than ever. Yes. I, I really believe that the hallmark of end-time preachers will be whether they preach creation. Thank God. Do I'm you believe in creation? Thank that's going to become that boat. <laughs> that's going to become the dividing line. Do you believe in creation? Because creation itself is under attack. Yes. Second angel. Babylon has fallen. Third angel, do not receive the mark of the beast. The first publicly known brain implant yes. was announced yesterday by Elon Musk. Yes, he was celebrating. First, the first publicly known. Yes. I'm sure that they have been doing it for quite some time. They, they are now planning implants in brains. This yes. is where, folks, Christ is coming. Christ is coming. Get ready. Get your soul ready. Be prepared. Stay with us for the next hour. We're teaching the Word of God. We want the Word to be deep into your heart and mind so that you're ready for whatever's coming. Let's pray. Our wonderful, gracious, heavenly Father, we love you. And we adore you. We magnify you. We praise you, Father. We are grateful to be in your family, that you loved us so much that you would send your son Jesus to earth to find us and to bring us back into fellowship with you, Father. Father, we invite your Holy Spirit into today's morning manna Bible study. We ask that the Holy Spirit would open our spiritual eyes and ears to see and hear the truth of your word, bring forth fresh manna, fresh food, nourish us today with your word, that we would be strong disciples, and that we would ask the lost, the unsaved, do you want a crown? And then have the answer to tell them, knowing in our hearts that we've been trained and taught in the word of God, and that we can confidently tell people how they can receive a crown, a crown of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, welcome, everybody, to Morning Manor. We're glad that you're here today. We've already had 18 countries check in today from around the world, and so uh, thanks for joining us here. And uh, today we're in Matthew chapter 3, and we're reading verses 8 through 10. So if you've got your Bibles, open up, read along with me. I'm reading from the King James this morning, beginning at verse 8. 
he says, Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. God bless the reading of his word today. Amen. So we pick up in this uh, narrative, John the Baptist, he's preaching um, in the wilderness. The Pharisees, the Sadducees have come out to spy on him, to size him up, try to figure out, can they use him or do they need to stop him? And really, that's the reason they were there. Could they use John the Baptist for their own benefit or do they need to stop him? And so he uh, he's preaching now directly to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, saying, hey, who tipped you off? Who told you that you're going to Gehenna's fires? What are you doing out here? You don't plan to repent. You don't even believe in life after death. And the ones of you that do, you think you're already saved. So what are you doing out here? So verse 8, he says, Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meet for repentance, fit for repentance. Bring forth fruits that are fit for repentance. So at this point, John delivered a stern message to the high-minded Jewish rulers by challenging the authenticity of their public repentance. He demanded that they produce public evidence of their repentance. So John employed the metaphor of trees bearing fruit. He told them that true repentance should be as visible to people as apples hanging on a tree. Amen. The term fruits symbolizes the works, the actions, the speech, the change thinking that should accompany repentance. Only then can a person truly say he or she repented. The call is not for empty words, but a heartfelt, evident change in lifestyle. In other words, John was saying to them, if you truly repented, you would stop acting like Pharisees and Sadducees. You'd be different people. You'd be out here mingling with the, with the common folk instead of strutting around here in the wilderness in your, in your fancy robes. He'd be getting down in the water is what you'd be doing. Yeah, but he'd be telling, hey, Sell those fancy robes. Dress like the common people. You're no better than the rest of us. God sees your filthiness. Your fancy robes and sandals are not covering up the sinfulness of your hearts. So we get to Matthew. Uh, well, let, let me back up here. What we see in this verse is the introduction of the Christian tenet. 
that teaches that we can discern a person's heart by the fruit of their life. Dead trees don't produce fruit. And bad trees don't produce good fruit. Diseased trees don't produce edible fruit. Oranges don't grow on pine trees. So this is the beginning. John's, John's the first to introduce this, this concept into the thinking of the Jewish people. And this concept becomes a, a central tenet in the Christian faith about trees and fruit. Skip forward. We're in chapter 3. Let's skip forward to chapter 7 of Matthew. This is Jesus speaking. <clears throat> Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Jesus said, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Now listen to what Jesus said. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. In Matthew 21, verse 43, Jesus told the Jewish rulers that God would take the kingdom from them. He said, therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its what? Fruits. Yes. Not producing their own fruits, but producing the fruits of the kingdom of God. Just because you're producing fruits doesn't mean the fruits are the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God would be taken from the Jews and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom of God. Not just any fruit. Not any fruit. It's, it's the fruit that God desires. Luke uh, 3, verse 8, Jesus uh, Jesus used nearly the identical words spoken by John the Baptist. Uh, and, and that's coming up very soon here in verse 9 of Matthew 3. But in Luke 3, Jesus said, Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. Jesus is associating fruit with repentance. Before repentance, bad fruit. After repentance, good fruit. Jesus said, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Now, again, that's Luke 3, verse 8. But here we are in Matthew 3. Jesus has yet to come on the scene. 
John's just warming up the crowd for the appearance of the Messiah. Yes. And John says in verse 9, And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So the, 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 core, the core message here is repentance influences the fruit. No repentance, no good fruit. See, repentance is not a one-time thing. Right. Just like fruit isn't a one-time thing. You're fertilizing the tree with repentance. Think of repentance as a fertilizer. So we're, we're continually in a mindset of repentance. That, that doesn't mean you all day long you're going to repent. I did that wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. You're, you're, you're in a mindset that you need a savior. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes throughout the day. We're st we, we stay in a humble state of mind. When we make a mistake, when we sin, when we err, we immediately go to the Lord and repent and are forgiven. It's a state of mind. Yes. I think I mentioned this uh, yesterday, uh, Apostle Paul, when he told King Agrippa, uh, he said, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision, the heavenly vision. I declared it in Damascus. I went to Jerusalem. I went throughout all the region of Judea. I went to the Gentiles. I told all of them they should repent and turn to God, reforming, reforming deeds in keeping with repentance. And then in verse 21, he says, for this reason, King Agrippa, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. For what reason? For telling people that their deeds should be kept with their repentance. In other words, with repentance, your, the deeds of your life conform to the repentance that's in your heart. And when, when Paul said that, the Jewish rulers went berserk. I mean, they literally tried to murder the man for words. For telling them to repent. For telling them to repent. That's how hardened their hearts were. Just telling them to repent, they would kill you. Rick, do you think we, uh, we see that same sort of attitude today uh, in, in places? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, and it's going to get worse. People, there's, you know, there's two, two things happening in the world. The real church, the true church, is, is becoming brighter. But the world is becoming darker. Yes. I mean, there's evil out there now. It's, it's not just crime and bad stuff. It's evil. It's wicked. 
And the more people are going deep into wickedness, just the, just the mention of repentance will send them into a frenzy. Oh, I do, Doc, I believe you're going to see before Christ comes back, Christians will be, will be imprisoned and beat up and some martyred for telling people to repent. But there aren't that many voices out there telling people to repent. There really no. aren't. Because no. most people don't think they need to repent. Yeah, most right. of them are like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Either That's exactly what was going on with them. Yeah. They didn't think they needed to, to repent. No. They're Pharisees. They're Sadducees. So we get to verse 9, and John says, And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say to you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. It's almost word for word what Jesus would say later. Right. But Jesus didn't get this from John. John got it from Jesus. Because Jesus made John. <laughs> Before John ever met Jesus, Jesus was whispering into John's ear. Yes. John, I want you to say this out in the wilderness. I'll pick it up later. I'll pick it up where you leave off. I'll, I'll take your sermon and finish it. So if, if the people who heard John thought that he was meddling in their personal business, this is where John Scapel went deep into their sinful flesh. I mean, they were already, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were already getting agitated. But now, John tells them, don't, don't tell me you've got Abraham as your father. You see these stones? He can turn them into children of Abraham. John threatened their cherished position as children of Abraham. There were two people that the Jews held in great esteem, Abraham and Moses. And they, they, they taught, they believed that by the merits of Abraham, by the merits of Moses, God did things for the Jews. Sounds familiar. In other words, yes. In other words, even though Moses and Abraham had died centuries ago, they did so many good things for God that the Jews at that time were living in the afterglow, and they were they were experiencing the blessings of God because of the merits of Abraham and Moses. Right. In other words, they didn't even have to do anything good. They were just being treated good by God because they were descendants of Abraham. So he knew, John knew that these people, especially the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were, were extremely proud of their ancestral heritage, Abraham and Moses. So he punched hard. He shattered their false confidence in being children of Abraham. John looked at him and said, I know you're proud of being the sons and daughters of father Abraham, but 
Almighty God can turn these rocks into children of Abraham. What did he mean by it? The, the inferred meaning in John's words was this. The same God who made elderly Abraham and Sarah have a son is the same God who can convert stones into sons. Yes. It's the same divine power. It makes no difference to God. Either way, the Lord gets what he desires. They couldn't comprehend that thought. But all God had to do was speak it. He only had to speak it to Sarah's womb. Barren womb, be fertile, have a baby. Yes. Or he could speak to a rock. Rock, become a son. It's the same power, the same God. In other words, he was saying to them, you and I aren't anything special. By dismantling their false confidence in being Abraham's children, he taught them that genuine faith and righteousness are crucial. John challenged the misuse of the covenant with Abraham as a cover for sinful actions. You got it. And he highlighted the danger of relying on external titles. The, the overarching theme centers on God's faithfulness. As John assured them that God can raise true spiritual children, even from unexpected sources, wherever authentic faith exists. So to Orthodox Jews, John's warning was shocking when he informed them that pleading the name of Abraham will get them nothing on the day of judgment. Because that's what they believed. Yes. All they had to do on the day of judgment is just plead the name of Abraham. Right. Jews believed that Abraham's standing with God was so high that they covered all of his descendants. And they believe it to this day. They believe it to this day, Doc. You're absolutely right. They believe that Abraham's faith and righteousness was a giant umbrella for all Jews to stand under for shelter from divine judgment. The Talmud teaches that Abraham sits at the gates of Gehenna to turn away any Jew who might come that way. They even believe that it was by Abraham's merits before God that rain falls to the earth. So they can go through life and they don't have to think about what they're doing and saying because they're covered by Abraham. It's, it's kind of a Jewish version of once saved, always saved. Yes, you got it. So John the Baptist was not impressed, and he commanded all people to repent, no matter their ancestry or geographical location or national citizenship. The Jews saw themselves as the great nation that would bless all the earth. Their pride prevented them from seeing that they were merely the progenitors of the Messiah. 
through whom all the nations would be blessed through his gospel. So John delivered a sobering message to the Jews. It was the equivalent of tossing a bucket of ice water in their faces. They were shocked. They were taken back. They were compelled to ponder his assertion that their ancestral connection to Abraham wasn't going to save them on Judgment Day. Amen. John's message was this. God is able to remove you from the Messiah's kingdom and salvation, regardless of whether Abraham is your father or not. The same God who made Sarah's barren womb fertile again to have a promised child in her old age is able to speak life into these stones lying right here on the bank of the Jordan River. And he can turn these stones into children of Abraham. And they will, these stones will become obedient sons and daughters. They will have faith in God and obey him more than you. I mean, that, you can you imagine how shocked they were by his words? I can see, see the rocks, the stones on the, on the riverbank. I can see John picking up a, a rock, saying, see this rock? Yes. The God who made Abraham can turn this rock into a son of Abraham. And that's, that rock will become a, a son or daughter who will obey God and have faith in him and bring forth good fruit. That's not you. I mean, those are fighting words. I mean, these were shocking messages. No wonder people started traveling 30, 40, 50 miles to come out in the wilderness to hear this preacher. Then we get to verse 10. And now the axe is laid unto the root of, of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cast into the fire. So John the Baptist in Matthew 3.10 delivers a message filled with urgency and gravity. The, the imagery he employs is that of an axe that's striking at the root of the trees. It's not just a metaphorical warning. It, it signifies an imminent and decisive judgment about the fall on the Jewish people. Yes. The axe symbolizes God's judgment, and it's not in the distant future. What John was saying to him, to the people, was there's an axe in God's hand. It's not something he's going to do in the far distant future. He's holding the axe right now. Now the axe is laid at the tree. Now the axe. Now the present tense, not future tense. John could see it in God's hands. His spiritual eyes, he could see God holding an axe, ready to strike Israel. He's painting a vivid picture of the immediacy of the consequences of disobeying God. The warning is twofold, individual and corporate judgment. Each individual represented as a tree faces the critical choice of bearing good fruit 
or being subjected to the radical action of being cut down and cast away into the fire. John's message is a call to immediate repentance. It's a stark reminder of personal responsibility for each individual. Now, corporately, Israel as a nation had already been dissolved many centuries before John the Baptist. Yes. The Jews were holding on to hope that God was going to bring the Messiah. He was going to fight the Romans and restore Israel. <clears throat> but any hope of Israel, the empire, being reconstituted was erased by the proclamations that issued from the mouth of John the Baptist and later Jesus. Israel had already been cut down by God for its sin and rebellion. Yes. The only thing left was a stump. Judgment came after King Solomon's reign. But the Israelites held on to hope that God would restore Israel. Again, they took the promise of a Messiah, and they turned that promise into something they invented in their mind of a future political ruler, a Netanyahu, who would yeah. conquer the Romans. Jesus later told the religious leader, rulers of Israel <clears throat> that the kingdom would be taken to them and given to another people who would produce the fruits of the kingdom. The other people are the Gentiles. Of all the nations, not just one nation, of all the nations, he said, I'm going to take the kingdom from you, and I'm going to give it to people all over the world. And all the nations shall be blessed, as I promised Abraham. Individually, John John the Baptist warned that God's judgment could cut into the root of people's lives that are barren of good fruit. Yes. And such trees would be cast into the fire of judgment. Listen to what he said. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Right. Jesus said this, Matthew 7, verses 17, 19. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is pretty easy to understand. I mean, it's in real simple language. Jesus teaches us today that if a tree is decayed or rotten at its core, it is impossible for it to produce good fruit. Now, listen to me. He's, Jesus is not talking about our daily sins and shortcomings and mistakes. He's talking about the condition of our hearts. The right. true nature of our hearts. There are people in churches, including pulpits, 
who wear religious masks. On the surface, they appear to be righteous, but beneath their hearts are evil and impure. And sooner or later, their fruits will appear for inspection. It's a law of nature that a good tree cannot produce evil fruit, and an evil tree cannot produce good fruit. The the manchinel is a is a tree that grows in Central and South America and the Caribbean islands. Its fruit is known as the little apple of death. It will kill you. You eat the fruit, you'll die. Yes. The manginelle's fruit will never be safe to eat. Never. It is an evil tree that produces evil fruit. Now, if a manginelle tree produced oranges, it would be contrary to its nature. And everybody would look at it and go, wait a minute. How could, how could oranges be hanging on a manchinelle tree? It doesn't make sense. It's contrary to nature. Right. So, as is the tree, so is its fruit. As is a tree, so is its fruit. If the tree is good, it will bring forth good fruit. If the tree is evil, it will bring forth evil fruit. Now, think about Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As is the tree, so is the fruit. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. A person with an evil heart will always produce evil fruit. A person with a good heart will always produce good fruit. So now we get to this question of predestination and free will. <clears throat> Can people change? The, the hyper-Calvinist would say, no, some people are born to be evil. I don't buy that. Well, then why preach repentance? Right. What's the point in preaching repentance? Repentance means we take the initiative to change the way we think. We use our free will to act to change the way we think. Repentance means a different way of thinking. It is not saying you're sorry. There is remorsefulness is part of repentance, but it is not solely re confined to remorsefulness. A lot of people get caught in their sin and, and they say, I repent. What they're saying is, man, am I sorry I got caught. Right. But they haven't repented because they go right back and they do the same thing again. Repentance means a different way of thinking. If we change the way we think, we change the way we talk. Right. If we change our thinking and our talking, we will change the actions of our hands and feet. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You are as you think. And you talk as you think. 
If you want to change your life, change the way you think, and it will change the way you talk. If you change your thinking and your talking, you'll change your walking. Amen. You can't. People try to change the walk without changing the talk. And you can't change the talk until you change the way you think. Person, like, okay, I can't, I can't stand to be around negative people. I just can't. I cringe. I absolutely cringe. Um, there are people that are ju- they're just negative. What comes out of their mouth is negative. I, it's just it's. Cr- Constant criticism, negativity, everything that they look at is negative. Even in the smallest things, it drives, I can't be around them. It's contrary to the way I think. I want to be around people that think positively, think with faith, who see the best, who see potential. I, I, I don't want to be in a room with people that, are talking about how how bad things are, how nothing's any good, how this isn't going to work, that's not going to work. I, I don't want to be around them. It's a sign of the fruit. <laughs> their fruit is negativity. Right. It's a sign of the condition of their heart. Their heart is negative. And they wonder why they don't have any good fruit. You can change the fruit in your life. But you have to repent and change the way you think and talk. That's the beauty of this message. The, in the natural world, trees can't change themselves. Right. But in the spiritual world, people can change. It takes a miracle they, for that to happen. They, they can't change themselves. They can they can submit to God and ask God to change them. And how do we change the way that we think? By bringing in the word of God. The word of God renews our mind. Think, think of the word of God as a daily bath. Your brain's getting washed every day. Those of you who are coming to Morning Manna five days a week, you're getting a daily brain bath. Your brain's being scrubbed. The word is getting down into the crevices of your brain, removing dirt that's been there for years. Eventually, you're going to change the way you think and the way you talk, and when you change your thinking and your talking, your fruit is going to change. Trees that never produce good fruit are cut down and tossed into the fire. Right. People who never change the way they think, talk, and walk will eventually be cut down and tossed into Gehenna's fire. Notice that John the Baptist said, as I pointed out earlier, now the axe is laid to the root. Again, he wasn't prophesying a future event. He said it was now. now. He was conveying an imminent threat of impending judgment on rebellious Judaism. What John was saying, 
to the Jews was this. I've got news for you. A verdict has already been issued in heaven's court. And it's not Israel that's being judged because it has already been judged. It's now Judaism that's being weighed in the balance and found wanting. The whole religious system. The, the mention of every tree underscores the personal accountability for bearing good fruit and the consequences of being unfruitful. No person, no entity, no group, no nation gets a free pass from God's scrutiny. John emphasized the urgency of repentance. Now, you must repent now. Today is the day to be saved. He portrayed judgment as imminent, and he said it demands immediate action. This term is hewn down and cast. That's a present tense. He didn't say it will be hewn down. He said it is hewn down and cast. Yes. The image of the axe laid at the root of the tree symbolizes a decisive radical judgment, not a corrective action. You don't use an axe to prune or trim branches. An axe is used to chop down something you don't want to grow back. Striking a tree's root with a sharp axe is only done when the tree is to be permanently removed. Right. Here in, here in Florida, we have millions of acres of orange and uh, groves and grapefruit groves and everything. A few years ago, a blight came through and damaged hundreds of thousands of acres. And it's not uncommon to drive out into the country here on one of the major highways and to see piles and piles of formerly fruitful trees orange trees being burned. It became disease. Right. And they had to pull them up by the roots. They have to take the yes. tree root and all. They just don't chop it down. They, they have to dig down into the root and even burn the root because the blight doesn't just get in the branches. The blight gets down into the roots yes. of the tree. The whole thing has to be burned in order to prevent the blight from getting onto the fruitful trees. Yes. It's everywhere here in Florida. Um, John prophetically proclaimed to the Jews that God was ready to chop down their abhorrent and repugnant religious system that rested upon the Talmud and the temple. Yes. 2,000 years later, the Jews are still clinging to the Talmud and dreaming of building another temple. Yes. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that that are deceived by this too. Well, I'm not sure they're Christians. Well, that's for God to work out. That's right. John's exhortation <clears throat> informed the Jews that they had no time to delay their repentance because God's patience with the Jews was nearly exhausted. 
the fiery Baptist preacher, and he was. He was the first Baptist. He was the very first Baptist preacher, and he was fiery. He proclaimed that God's hand was holding a divine axe and was ready to strike down what remained of Israel and their religious system. He said, the clock is ticking. There's little time remaining to change your ways. Right. He was telling the Jews that destruction would soon come upon them if they did not embrace the one who was coming, who would baptize them with fire. <clears throat> Israel, the natural nation in human flesh, was quickly approaching its final demise. A divine sword was over their heads, and they didn't know it. The Jews were expecting a heroic Messiah to fight the Romans and deliver them from bondage. God was saying to them, through John, the Messiah is coming, and he will deliver you from bondage, but it's the bondage of your sins. Yes. And what John said to them is, if you don't accept God's deliverance, the axe will fall. The axe will strike the root of Israel and the Jewish people. What happened? Many decades passed by until the axe fell on Jerusalem and the temple in the year 70 AD. The long delays the long delay of God's judgment finally expired. God just became exasperated with them. Right. And he he laid the axe to Jerusalem and the temple. He struck at the root. He tore down the temple. And not just tore it down, he dug it up. He dug it up. Not one stone was on another. It was cut at the root. The Jews sealed their fate when they crucified God's son. So tomorrow we'll pick up verse 11. All right. Hey, uh, Martha on chat had an interesting uh, 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 suggestion that, you know, uh, John the Baptist said, listen, uh, God is able to raise up uh, children of Abraham from these stones. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that later on in the New Testament, we're the living stones of the heavenly body of Christ Jesus. We're the one we we were brought up. We're the stones that have been given life. Wow, I like that. Martha, that was a good one. So I had to share that today. Um, so l- great lesson today, Rick, as usual. And uh, we'll be uh, picking up tomorrow on verse uh, verse 11 here. And so uh, be sure to join us here on Morning Manna tomorrow. 20 countries checking in today and nearly 400 people joining us from around the world. And we do this every weekday morning at 8 a.m. live. And we invite you to join us as well if you're listening to us later in the day uh, on our live stream or or on our broadcast on WWCR. We invite you to join us live weekday mornings at 8 a.m. on Faith and Values. And uh, just go to the Morning Mana podcast and you can join us live each and every day. We'd love to have you. We'd like to uh, 
we'd like to see that number continue to grow and uh, continue to uh, be a blessing to so many people around the world. And I pray that you are blessed each and every day. If you happen to miss uh, an edition of Morning Manor, you can always listen to it on the replay on uh, Faith and Values. But in order to do that, you have to be a member of Faith and Values. So we invite you to join us on faithandvalues.com, just like we had a number of people that, for whatever reason, Rick, we've, we had a number of new signups today on Faith and Values. And so uh, Great. I was good. getting notices uh, throughout, the, uh, uh, throughout our lesson today. And so it's interesting. Something new is going on. So also, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. No, go, no, finish up. No, I was just going to say, uh, you can also listen to replays of uh, True News and other content here on Faith and Values as well. But in order to do that, you have to be a member. So we invite you, check it out, come and join us. If you're not a member already, really prayerfully consider being a part of this outreach here. Amen. Hey, I just want to reiterate what I was saying a few minutes ago about uh, those of you who are participating in Morning Man five days a week to understand that that the Holy Spirit is washing your brain every day. You may not feel it, sense it, be aware of it, but over time, you will see a difference in your life. Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are you? How is your mind renewed through the word of God? And so those of you who are making a point, you are, you're setting aside one hour a day to be taught the word of God. I promise you, God will, he's watching this, watching your life. He's seeing what you're doing. He's pleased because you're diligently seeking him. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the Holy Spirit is gently scrubbing your brain, removing dirt that built up 20, 30 years ago that Amen. you didn't even know was there. Amen getting down deep in the crevices of your brain and getting things out of your brain so that you can think and talk the right way. Amen. I like that. You're going to see changes in your life in the months to come. And if you continue this Bible study, as we do this, God willing, for years, you're going to be a completely different person two to three years from now. Amen. Because the word's getting down inside of you. It's, re it's renewing you. It's renewing your mind and cleansing you. And you will be a changed person. So I just want to encourage everyone who's showing up for Morning Manna, please don't stop it. Please keep coming. You, you will be very, very grateful and happy six months from now with the changes in your life. Things right. will be different. Our friend Tim from Russia is saying uh, it felt today was a scrubbing, you know, and scrubbing isn't a gentle act at all. <laughs> right. You're not yeah. using baby soap and a nice right. soft washcloth. No, you're getting down in, you know, to clean out those crevices, you got to scrub and, right. and get down mm -hmm. in there. That's what the word does. It really, really mm -hmm. gets down in you. 
Well, Rick, any final words before we sign off for today? Yes, sir. No, sir. Everyone be blessed. Enjoy the day. Ask the Lord to show you somebody that you need to speak a word of kindness to or do something for them. Just to just to just to be God's hands and his his mouth. There's somebody out there today that you're going to come into their presence and you'll have an opportunity to touch their lives with with God's love. Amen. So praise God. Well, uh, on behalf of all of us here at the ministry, thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to join us tomorrow on the Thursday edition of Morning Manna. And be sure to share this uh, uh, Bible study and all of our content of faith and values. We love you very much, and we'll see you tomorrow on Morning Manna. God bless you. Well, another great lesson there, Rick. And uh, we're uh, just wading our way through Matthew chapter 3 right now. But there there was a phrase there from John the Baptist speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. It really stuck out to me today. And that's that phrase, even now. The axe mm-hmm. is laid at the root of the trees. Yes. That means even now, judgment has arrived in his day. Judgment had arrived in the days of John the Baptist. He, he discerned it. He recognized it. He told the Jewish leaders, even now it's happening. Israel was judged. Uh, actually, I believe Israel had been judged before. And, and what John was saying was judaism is being judged now the temple is being judged this entire the talmud all of this is being judged even now but my friends for us today even now america is being judged yes nations are being judged even now the axe is ready to fall and cut at the root even now not some point in the future. No, but right now. now. It's happening right now. Angels are marking souls. You're being marked that you belong to Christ, or you're being marked that you belong to Satan. I believe that's taking place right now, Doc. I believe the angels are, are fanning out across the planet, marking people right now. There will be people marked for Christ. They will be protected. The angels... When Christ comes back to gather the souls, he will know. The angels will know who to gather up. The wicked will be gathered and bundled, taken to the lake of fire and burned. Right. But the righteous will be caught up into the air to meet Christ and shall forevermore live with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You have a chance to be in that kingdom. It's up to you. Even now, today is the day of salvation. listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find True News on frequency 12.160 from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Getter. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.